here. I'm sick of saying we're back. We're here. We're present. We're here. We're there. And not saying we're back. We're here. Because that implies we left, and we didn't really. We just, you know. Nope. Yeah. No, it's just kind of the flow. Yep. It is. <laughs> yep. Wow, you're sharp tonight. <laughs> well, we did just get COVID boosters. Yeah, it was only like three hours, four hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel it right away. Do you really? I'm so embodied. Yeah, it's you. You're just in tune with your body. Hey, I've done yoga nidra twice in two weeks, so I am mad awareness in my body. I think that you have a PhD in yoga nidra. I think I do. Uh That's all it takes. You have to do it twice for an hour each time. Um, I think you maybe live a lot of time in your world in yoga nidra state. Yeah, it's lying down, relaxed, almost asleep. Not quite asleep, conscious, and yet completely relaxed and present. Mm. You know what I like to talk about before we get into things that we're here to talk about? Oh, do you have a check-in? Front yeah. desk. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about our book club because I just got mm. a, a couple copies of something. Blue. <laughs> yep, the cover's <laughs> blue. Thanks, honey. It is. And I feel good about this one because it's this author that I think we have read the most titles of. Yeah, we dig it. We do. <laughs> Ken Follett. It's a new book. It's uh, brilliant, man. The Armor of Light in this King's uh, Bridge. King's Bridge series. Series. Right? We read the one that came out. Was that our uh, first book club? Which one? Ken Follett book? Yeah. Might have been. It might have been the sequel to Pillars of the Earth, World Without mm-hmm, End. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. But then we also did Column of Fire. That was like in 2018. Yep. And then Evening in the Morning. Evening like in the morning prequel, which we kept not being able to remember the name of that book. No, you kept on not remembering. I was very no. You know what? That tracks. You know, uh, <laughs> this is like a think, proverbial we, right? But we I th- the royal we, the, yes. But I think you're right. I kept on calling it like the breakfast and the lunchtime or something, and I couldn't. Something the dinner like and the supper, elevensies <laughs> and tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Which is something silly every time. I know. But yeah, I'm excited. Um, He's written a book. He wrote a more contemporary book between Evening in the Morning and this one called Never. It's like a political thriller. Mm. Yeah. I have it. I just haven't read it yet. Like I think I've started it once. Because we're living in a political thriller. You're like, maybe I don't need to read this. Yeah. I think I definitely. But I mean, he's so good, though. He's so good. I would bypass that to read. He's so good. But you know what else I was thinking of? Because it's on the shelf where I tried to keep most of the books we read for book club mm-hmm. is um, Dan Brown. He's often when we... I mean, it's only been two of his books. Was that our first book club book? Maybe that was Inferno. Yeah. I like reading those together because they're... Uh, yeah, they're good. They're interesting. And they're they're fun. quick. They're quick. You don't take it too seriously. Quick and, and dirty. Usually like the... There's some sort of premise that's interesting, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, good Lo- locations. Right. Yeah, the locations are almost half the reason to read about it. And then, like, what was the last one? The last one was called Origin. Oh, it was good. I liked it. It was in like Spain and Barcelona. Yep. But it was all about AI. Yeah. Which is weird. It's like that shit's everywhere now. Now it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I'm psyched about our book club coming back. I'm debating right now if the book. Is coming with me to Costa Rica. Yeah, you're about to bounce hard. Yeah. 
Yep. For like a month. For 21 days. Yeah. Yeah. What am I? What am, What are you going to do? Stay busy. Okay. Going to, I'm going to get knee deep in a couple things. Oh. One is cocktails. Okay. Because I found this guy. Okay. Well, <laughs> great. Going to get shit faced. <laughs> shit faced for three weeks. Regularly. No, I found this guy on TikTok. He came up on my For You page and he's all about the videos that I saw were him talking about um, cocktails in the James Bond books. That's comparing right up your it to alley. like the movies and stuff and how they're very different. Um, mm-hmm. So it was very cool. And he just told really cool stories with his cocktails. Like he told the story about his parents and framed it like with cocktails. And it was very cute. And he was a good storyteller. Yeah. And it was very interesting. Like it. Yeah. It was very cool. That All right. knee, and knee deep in cocktails. Yeah. I think I'm going to like cook stuff too. Right. Like now, you know, I'll do the steak on the grill. That's like uh-huh. easy peasy. But I might do like, like get creative. I might make a stew. Okay. You know, some type of other dinner type thing. Cool. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to do that. Are you going to make some TikToks too? Yes. Good. Yes. That's the that's the goal. I love it. Yeah? Oh. I do. Well, thank you. Fully support those plans. Thank you. You have anything to, to desk? Front desk? Front desk? Uh, I don't think I do. Um, Other than you're leaving in two days, three days, yeah, for 21 days. Yeah. Nothing? No, no. I mean, if I have any front desk things, it would um, be mostly a teaser to our next episode oh. where we... I have... I feel like I have fallen down a little bit of a sports ball rabbit hole. Love it. And so... um. You know, like I understand football mostly enough. Right. The basic premise is simple enough where if you're just picking it up and watching, it's like you can kind of get what's going on. Yeah. And it's been nice because like I'm just appreciative of watching football with you. Yeah. Because I can get I can get into anything. Like if if I decide I'm going to be into something or supportive of someone else being into something, I'm 100% there and in it. Uh, Agree. Because I've just seen... Watching you watch football, yeah, you seem to be way more into it than I would have anticipated or expected. Well, I mean, if you're going to do something, you're just do it. Might as well do it. Yeah. If you're if you're going to half-ass it, just go home. Yeah. Don't 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 half-ass, even bother. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. You got to go full hundo. Full hundo p. Stop saying p. I don't like that. Okay. Full hundo. <laughs> hundo, not p. <laughs> Um, but I'm just appreciative because I've watched football with many a uh, people mm. in my lifetime. Yeah. And and I don't like not know what's going on. I I'm, right. I'm intelligent enough to suss out what is happening. Right. And there are things like you know that a yellow flag means a penalty. Means someone's in trouble. And someone's in trouble. Um but like some things I don't know the right term for, mm. or sometimes I get so caught up. I realize when I watch football that whoever has the ball, yeah. I'm excited for. Like, <laughs> and the, so then I forget that I'm supposed to have an alliance with right. someone, right? I mean, or like the room has an alliance with someone. Right. But this has not been the case. Like I've always been a Giants fan. Mm-hmm. You're on board rooting for the Giants. Yep. That has not been the case for the Giants. Like last night when we saw the Giants play a 
dud of a football game against the Seahawks. Right. When the Seahawks had the ball, you were like, oh, go Seahawks. This is exciting. Well, because I didn't like their attitudes that I was seeing on the sidelines. So I couldn't be excited for them because I, f- I just felt like they had big attitudes. Big attitudes. It was really, mm, mm, it was were, disappointing. There were a lot of penalties that game. But I know that I say stuff when we're watching that isn't like correct, but you never want me to like be quiet or correct me. Like you're just kind of, you're kind of tickled by it and you don't take any of it so seriously. So I feel like I can be into the game because Mm. if I say something like, what are you doing? Like, why did you, why was that a flag on the play that even if I'm wrong, you would not be like, well, of course it's a flag on the play because blah, 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 touched blah, blah, blah. And it's a horse collar and they're in trouble. Right. Like you don't correct me. Also, if it's like, you know, Oh, it's a penalty. It's the rolly hands. Rolly hands penalty. Rolly hands penalty and is I my favorite. And I won't be like, um, actually, he's laying off sides. Right. And, and, yes. And, and, like, try to... That... Well, I I, I yeah. would never do that because that's the level of, like, well, I need to be right. Yeah. And I, the older... The more days go by, the less right I need to be about most things. Well, I'm just appreciative. Not because... trivia, if anyone from our team is listening. <laughs> Not trivia. some serious stuff. Not trivia. I'm just appreciative. So my, my check-in isn't really a check-in front desk situation. It's just oh. a front desk. I'm dinging the bell to tell you that you're doing a great job. This is front desk gratitude. <laughs> front desk gratitude. What do we even call that? Because mm. like, you're not checking in. You're just being grateful. Oh, I'm just giving a five-star review. Just <laughs> Excellent service. <laughs> Fruit basket. Your turn-down service is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my check-in. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, and we're going to talk. We're going to do... Matt and Jeannie breaks down the first four weeks of the NFL season. Ooh, highlights. <laughs> highlights. Everyone, buckle up. Well, I mean, and I say this, it's, it's going to be like through our lens, which doesn't just mean our opinion, but I think it's going to more have to be about how we spend the time together, you know, mm-hmm. like how we spend the Sunday, what we look forward about it, how we like prep the home and the house and like what what we like our space to be about mm-hmm. it so it's not just like here's the scores because it's not yeah. gonna, that's not gonna i don't remember no that'd be silly trying to forget the score of yesterday's game oh well whatever they, it's fine you know they were really trying they that's tried fine. really hard well i feel like if they were good and this is the first year i was back into them i would almost feel a little like guilty uh, i mean guilt i wouldn't feel guilty but Look around, and be like, "Hey, I've been back in a while. What I miss? This is pretty good. I feel like maybe I need to pay my dues a little bit, um, put up with a few seasons of some lousy football." Well, let's not manifest that sports magic. No. Let's say that you know they're just getting started. They're just, <laughs> just getting started. They're just getting started. They're warming up. Warming up. That's not what we're here to talk about today. No, that's not the topic at hand. Today, I think you know how I want to structure this. Is Do you have learning targets? <laughs> Would you like to write them on the wall? I'm triggered. I'm triggered. As a segue to this, would you like to tell me the objectives of your discussion? And would you like to tell me your objectives of middle school children learning about mummies? <laughs> yes, make a graphic <laughs> organizer. So if I'm a visual learner, but... okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I think so. Here's my thesis. Okay. Well, what's you going to lead with the topic first or the topic is teaching. Okay. And essentially 
we're about to explain why everyone who is seeking to hire someone to work for them mm-hmm. need needs to be hiring teachers. Yeah. And that teachers essentially are way underpaid. Well, yeah. And underappreciated for the level of skills that they bring to a workspace environment and how transferable those mm. skills are. Oh, we need a thesis alarm. Sound. So. What's the the, <laughs> po- the episode's thesis sound? Oh, hmm. there it was. All right. Interesting choice. Okay. Thesis sounds. <laughs> you know, I think like everyone who works in a school building and structure, particularly if they're working in administration, mm. probably wants to start figuring out ways to keep teachers and to pay them more. Because oh. I think that this podcast is going to just help everyone in the world see that teachers are the best employee that you could possibly hire. I don't even care what the job is. I don't care what the job is. Yeah. And so teachers need to quit their jobs anyway, because <laughs> honestly, is anything going to change if they don't? No. Mm, it's true. Um, and to recognize their value out in the greater workforce. Because I do think that a lot of teachers have the inner story mm. of I've been teaching blah, blah, blah for two decades. Right. What else can I do? Mm. And I want to grab them by the collar and be like, literally anything you want. Yeah. Because your transferable skills far surpass what anyone else is bringing to the table. Yes, I would say. I agree. They, they surpass... Anything that someone could teach you. Yeah. Uh, how did this come up? What made us come up with this topic of this idea? Like, this is something that's not a new thought where, like, people in the greater general public should experience what it's like to be a teacher for, like, general reasons, like, to know what it's like, to know what their days are like, to know... To have compassion. To have compassion, <laughs> right? For what their job is. Um, but it was yeah. not... That wasn't what Mm-mm. prompted the idea for us to talk about this here no it's like you know how people will have conversations around like everyone should spend at least six months to a year in the service industry like this is mm, a pretty common right. thing like you know if we really want human beings to be able to function in X, Y, and Z environments, something that would be very important for them to experience is working in mm. the service industry. I would even say specifically food service. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking you say food service. I think retail is also beneficial, mm-hmm. but I would say food service yep. more so. I've never worked food service. I've just in retail jobs. Yeah. So like, I, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I look at servers and think, holy crap. Yep. You know. Yep. So especially much. Especially as I get older. So much. Totally. And <clears throat> I think like, you know, if I'm painting a uh, alternative to what high school looks like right now. Yeah. Um, I think that like you spend your 12th grade year basically as a volunteer in 
various service industries on a rotation. And then that in between going to college, if you're choosing to go to college or going into your chosen profession, if you're doing that, that you spend a year like essentially working as a teacher's assistant minimally. Mm. Yeah. And, and that that is like, that is just part of our public education system is like, you're going to go into an elementary school and you're going to, show up every single day and you're going to support the teacher in the classroom. Like, and we were talking about this because it's like, I think that people can wrap their heads around why working in the service industry would be such a key Mm. to helping human beings grow into human beingness in a way that is compassionate and understanding and has transferable skills. And I think that that's not, a big jump for people. And I do think that, that we don't often culturally have this awareness and reverence for what it, what goes into teaching in the classroom and what it teaches you to do long-term. Right. So there's that aspect of it too. It's like, yeah. And this came up again. Another reason it came up, I think is because at, you know, we've just launched two, three new programs yep. so it's like the beginning of our school year semester type yeah. thing so it's like a, a, a you know twice yearly reminder about the work and organization and planning and all that stuff it takes to communicate with teachers for teachers to communicate with students mm-hmm. and to get uh stuff like that going so that's another kind of you know it's fall so like we kind of like have been all the month of september mulling over education and teachers and being a teacher and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just the time of year, you know? So, okay, wait, it sounds like you wanted to talk about what like the end of high school should be for students. Mm -hmm. And then also that sounds like the reasons everyone should work in education for a significant amount of time at some point in their life. Mm -hmm. What what are we hitting first? Hmm. I mean, I I would stick with the second point. Okay. And so why we're not rebuilding the education system in this podcast? Okay. <laughs> so why everyone needs to be a teacher? I think there's some obvious ones. Mm, what are some obvious ones? Well, like planning. Yeah. Ahead, which I never thought that was a big deal for people. Oh, really? But like, I mean, not that it's a, but like, some people have significant issue with this. For things that require significant planning. Mm. Like, so I've run into more people who are just willing to, like, free ball some pretty important stuff (laughs) that, like, you can't just wing. You know what I mean? Like, in our experience in launching programs, we Mm -hmm. have witnessed people being like, what's your plan? What are you going over today? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know. Right. I'm like, what? Yeah. My brain stops working. Yeah. So there's that stuff. The obvious, like, Please plan ahead. Yep. Please have a plan. Please be organized about said plan. So mm-hmm. I think that's like surface level. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to say, for me, the number one skill set that, that stands out. And like, I've worked in traditional education. I've worked in alternative education. I've worked in higher education um, and adult learning spaces mm. for most of my professional cl- career that wasn't working in the service industry prior to that. So like I would say that 
yes, there is a hierarchy in schools, of course. You know, there's there's teachers. Of they like have people that work there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's teachers. They have autonomy over, to a degree, their classrooms. And they are also beholden to curriculum. They have bosses that are above them in administration. Mm-hmm. They might also have assistant teachers or aides that are, you know, below them for lack of a better word right now there is a hierarchy there's a hierarchy structure however never in my experience with teaching and working in these environments where there are dozens and dozens if not a hundred teachers working would the administrative level have to be like knock knock hi just checking in that you made a lesson for today and that this is going to happen in the next 20 minutes that's about to start. Like there is so much self-motivation and autonomy that goes on in teaching. Mm. And sure, we could argue that like, if you didn't, you could be fired and it would take a while yeah, for that to be even noticed. Like, you know, and depending on what grade level and all of that stuff, mm. for the most part, like, People get into this mindset of like, I am naturally motivated to do the work that needs to be done for my classroom to run efficiently. I am responsible for independent tasks all day long mm. that probably a lot of people don't even know are on your task list. Right. You know, like they wouldn't, if you, if you didn't do the copies on Sunday and you waited to do the copying until five minutes before your class, not very many people would notice that. Right. Um, and so it's just, there is just such a level of re- reliability and like a lack of need of constant monitoring and right. micromanagement. Teachers working in a different field will not need to be micromanaged. Right. Because of just the inherent, <clears throat> the inherent structure and kind of day-to-day look of their of being a teacher right yeah, yeah. and how they have been trained and how yep. they have prepared and just culturally what you're responsible for um and what those expectations are within a classroom it just it is such a remarkable difference and i would compare directly like working in the service industry mm. you know i worked in a kitchen someone's in charge in the kitchen Right. They're the head chef, head baker, whatever, right? And you arrive at work and there is a list on a dry erase board for you. Mm. And you cross those things off when you have produced them and you leave. Like you're not taking it upon yourself. You are actually being trained to wait and to be told what to do. Whereas working in a school and in a classroom, that is like almost absent unless you are colossally <laughs> messing up <laughs> like you are, you are unless parents are complaining about you um if you are receiving yeah. that level of attention being a public school teacher Ooh. you are not doing so good <laughs> yep 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 Interesting. yeah yeah and and i think that also what ties into this is decision-making skills and critical thinking skills. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, even we were talking independent of curriculum being taught. Yes. Yeah. Like you can, 
you can make this argument. I mean, we have social studies experience. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I would say you can make this uh, argument for any curriculum that you're going to teach that, yes, there comes a level of critical thinking. I'm going to say, I mean, I don't know if improvising was kind of where you were going with that or in a different direction. Um, but then there's like the interpersonal level, mm-hmm. which is a whole other beast. Oh, that, yeah. That. No amount of like that's the thing. It's like no amount of book reading, uh, class education. You know what I mean? Like teacher education. Like you need just need to be in the room mm-hmm. with people mm-hmm. to to hone that skill. Like that's the only way you're gonna get that one. Yep. Sharp. Yep. Well, and it's not just like I can make a decision in this moment that is the best decision for me. You are also being trained in the environment to think about what the best choice and decision could be for others. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it, evaluating all of the angles and possibilities. Um, teachers decide often in the moment, like there might be an extensive lesson plan and there's still this decision in the moment of like, is this landing for my students or do I need to do this in a different way so that it lands for them. Um, And I'm very clear that it's landing for them. And so on the fly, making a decision, thinking, how how is this going to have the best outcome for the majority of the students in this classroom? Right. And, you know, if you figure that out in the first third of whatever it is you're doing, I mean, that's great. And also, that's when you need to, like, pivot and figure out a different way in the moment not like after the fact in retrospect when you're thinking about it but in the moment while it's going on say shoot i need to do something different this isn't landing and i have two-thirds of my time left what do i do yeah yeah makes me think of oh what's the movie gods and generals (laughs) (laughs) there's a scene stephen lang the guy that was in he was the bad guy in avatar Uh he played Jackson, uh-huh. Stonewall Jackson, oh, of course. So in the beginning, yeah, he was great. He played a very good psychopath. Yeah, there's a, the scene in the beginning of the movie when he's a teacher. I don't know where it's not. I don't think it's West Point. It may be another military academy in like Virginia. Uh huh. But he delivered his lecture or his lesson, and afterwards, either he can tell the students didn't get it, or they took an exam and they all failed or something. He's like, well, obviously, you did not receive this lecture and information, so I will be forced to repeat this exact lecture tomorrow, word for word. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. none of that like, wow, this didn't land for anyone. Maybe I need to change the way I deliver it. It's just like, well, we're going to, the beatings will continue until morale improves. We're going to keep doing the same thing, regardless of outcome, right? until you all get better. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the like this is the on the spot consistent problem solving that is required. Like very high level thinking mm. um to be able to process new information that's coming in, new, you know, data. Okay, you know, this student is clearly drawing on the desk. This student has gone to the bathroom four times. Like <laughs> these are the things that are going on in the classroom. And if I would like to rein it in and actually have an investment in 
students learning this lesson, I need to make some shifts and I need to do so very, very quickly so that I can address any concerns that are going on and any behaviors that are going on. So there's this like automatic tuning in Mm. to the energetic vibration of a classroom. Like, and I just, I think that sometimes that's not even talked about or credited with what teachers have to process and think Right. Throughout the day. Right. And you applied those same kind of skills to an office building where there's alleged adults working. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, they bring so much to the table in those environments because, you know, now we're not even adding in the variable of hormones and um brains that are underdeveloped brains. Cooking. (laughs) Yeah. I hate to use the phrase soft skills. Mm-hmm. Because that just, for some reason, that implies it's less important than a learned physical trade skill. You know what I mean? Like interpersonal skills. But those are so hard. That's hard for to manage in a group of adults, literal adults. We're saying 30 and over. Like, do it with 20 prepubescents or 20 (laughs) adolescents. You know what I mean? It's just so much like, it has a potential to be so much more volatile. It does. Where like decision, decisions and reactions can be met with like extreme ends of the spectrum as far as right. reaction. Like, will they shut down or will they explode kind yep. of thing? And it's like you have to be, I mean, either way, you got to be prepared with it. And you won't mm-hmm. know until it's happening. Like, yep. you might have to talk down, like de-escalate a teenager, you know, um, or try to motivate someone to participate in what you're doing when they have totally shut down. When they have, yeah, no buy-in. And right. They shut no down buy-in. No buy-in already. Something happens where they then, okay, say, I have I have even less buy-in. I'm, I'm giving up for this class right now. And like a lot of people would say, okay, that's your choice. There's only so much I can do. And sometimes people say, well, it's my job to try. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't say this before because I don't know how it's going to land for you. You would say um, what's going to land? So, apparently, there's a new word for soft skills. We're not calling them soft skills. Oh, anymore. yeah. What are we calling them? <laughs> That's why I was like, maybe oh, I won't my. share this. I'll only share it if it comes up. Oh my god. They're called power skills. All right. I appreciate the more importance that's being put on them power skills but i mean it also it sounds like a video game term to me i, I don't was, know why i'm like we're powering like, up it's like a video game scat yeah stat, yeah or like a D stat power it's skill like, i want to put some uh my experience points in my power stats <laughs> <laughs> power skills power skills <laughs> but you know exactly what you were just describing is like yet another like in in a school or classroom environment, we call it classroom management skills. But they could just be called management skills. Right. It doesn't even yeah. it doesn't need to specify like you good classroom management. Like you have management skills. Right. You are able to lead projects, think of the projects, see them all the way through, oversee groups of people, get them to collaborate to some degree. Um, get them to be motivated, you know, like the management and leadership skills that it takes to be a teacher 
is it automatically puts them ahead of anyone who has gone to any kind of, you know, leadership academy, business school, business school. Like, yeah, it just because that's what you're doing all day long. And I can stress, I can. And when you're working in a job and you're a manager, you could fire people. (laughs) <laughs> if, if billy doesn't participate in the group project there's really nothing that's going to happen right we uh, can pretend that something will happen like an f right that is made up and billy doesn't care so right. like you know it's just a completely different well, upper level as a former teacher of quote-unquote adult students i can wholeheartedly agree that these are not classroom management they are just management just management because i had a classroom of some people who must have been just 18 some were probably in their close to 40s yeah they all acted like children well we we all all acted like children we we all love to revert to the best version of our adolescent selves in educational settings if there's any poor schmuck out there listening to say like (laughs) I'd like to teach adult ed because it's like they're adults, you know? They get, no, they're not. They're not. I mean, nobody really is. They are, None of us are adults. They are. It's actually worse <laughs> because they exhibit the same behavior as like high school students. Well. But they have cooked brains. It's worse because our expectations are higher. I Well, I expect you not to act like a 15-year-old and you are. <laughs> so, hence my... This is apparently very triggering for me. I can feel my heart rate. Oh, honey. <laughs> you don't ever have to teach... Again. That's true. You've moved on from that. I have. Thank and you get to bring your skills with you. I do. I got a whole bucket full of skills. <laughs> bucket full. And uh, a limited place to douse them. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I think that we definitely can't leave out that teaching for any amount of time is going to support solid communication skills like flawless no perfect absolutely not but solid like you're negotiating every day you are seeing multiple sides of things there is required written communication and verbal communication and And that good piece of communication where you have to decide this is what i want to say Mm. but i can't say it that way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is how i have to say it right that's a skill on its own and that sometimes like how we approach communication in a school setting because there are all of these human factors of parents and family structure and administration and oversight in that way. um, Teachers are asked to communicate at a higher standard than I'm going to argue any other profession yeah. I think I at one time would have said like politicians were held to a standard, mm. but I can't say that anymore. No, you can't. So I, I would say, you know what? I'd agree with you. Right yeah. now, teachers in general are held to a higher standard as far as communicating. Oh, yeah. Than, yep. than federal politicians. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And arguably any other job out there oh, the absolutely. level of scrutiny around how you write how you speak mm-hmm. your body language what your clothing is communicating about you what your attitude is communicating about you like we do not ask any other grown professional to maintain that level at all times and so what you were just saying which was like 
what you want to say <laughs> is, shut up, do your fucking work. <laughs> and you can't say that. So you're like, so friends, <laughs> you know what we're going to do today? We're going to just get this project done so that we can move on to the next thing. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Um, You know, we find creative ways to communicate needs and boundaries and standards. And I don't think that that is, you know, that is the requirement. I just think of so many other jobs I've held where, you know, people are yelling at each other at work or there's like just such intense energy and not a thought of how something is communicated. Mm. And my mind just being blown because I'm like, wait, we're at work. You can't just say that to your coworker. Like you can't open up your classroom door and across the hall is the English teacher that you hate and be like, you know what? You're a bitch. Shut up. Nobody cares what you have to say. Go back in your room. No one likes Shakespeare. (laughs) No one. And we can't, we would never do that. Right. Like the standard is so high and so clear. Why is that? Why is the standard so high? Is it because teachers, I mean, again, if we're doing public education, K through 12, right? Mm-hmm. Is it because they deal with children? Possibly. The women of the public also. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, uh, I think of like, the old rules for teachers. Oh remember yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember about like being seen and I mean, essentially I don't remember the wording of the rule, but it was like, essentially you can't be at a bar. Like that was yep. bad. I mean, I even remember when I started teaching, it was like a thing which it's like, Oh, Mr. O'Neill saw you at Carmody's. I'm like, right. yeah, I'm freaking 35. I'm allowed to, yeah, you were a, drinking. I, yes, I was. You had a beer. Yeah, you're my student, and <laughs> I'm 30. <laughs> that explains it all, and it's totally fine. I mean, however, also, acting, you know, there was also like, oh, this person, this teacher was shit-faced. Right. Be like, ugh, that's, all, that's arguably, understandably, mm-hmm. not a good look. Well, yeah. I think also it teaches uh, eventually it should is a level of empathy mm-hmm. and you can walk away with. And this is like, you are not in the classroom for a week. You're not in the classroom for two weeks. You're not so-and-so's helper that's making copies and just just uh, listen to this teacher complain about this student for two weeks. No, you are in this kind of model that we like why everyone should be teachers and what mm-hmm. that would look like. You're in this Somehow for an entire school year. Entire school year. Yeah. Yep. Like you need to be there in the fall when it's still hot out. Right. And be like, oh my God. Could we come up with- This is going to go for 10 more months. It's like compulsory teacher duty. Compulsory teacher duty. Like jury duty. Oh. But so like your number could get pulled anytime. You have to go report- to yeah. the classroom. You got to report to whatever. You have to report to the main office. Local public yep. school district. And the and the superintendent's going to be like, you know what? Susan's about to have a baby. Who's what, here's what we need. And you're going to go teach fifth grade. Yeah. That's what I think. Oh, that's good. 
We, I mean, we take ourselves too seriously, I think. So it would never happen because it'd be like, oh, what if this person doesn't know how to teach fifth graders? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you have to. Well, this and, leads into another skill where it's like being able to learn something and then communicate it. Like <laughs> I taught freaking anatomy and physiology. Yes, you did. And it's like, you got to stay. You don't stay one step ahead. You stay two steps ahead. Yep. If you can stay two steps ahead of your students, you'll be okay. Yep. But I mean... And this, I've had, I've been having this thought because I think something Neil deGrasse Tyson said. The if you're like, well, I got to teach world history, like I've never done anything. Well, then it's like, learn it enough to teach two lessons and mm-hmm. ha- do that all year. Do that all year. It's not for f- for children, right? I mean, like <laughs> I'm talking freshman yeah. level. Like yeah. this is pretty on the surface. Mm-hmm. You can spend a lot of time making coat of arms and shields and yeah, models of the Coliseum. Yeah. This isn't that serious. It's like you can spend, deep. you know, also do some writing, but also do fun stuff. But yeah. the idea, I mean, it's like, you know, why do I have to learn this to teach this? I'm never going to use this history ever again. People usually throw that around about like math, like mm-hmm. those stupid friggin' posts about like, you know how many times I've had to do my taxes, but... I know A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Thanks, public <laughs> school. I'm just like, shut your mouth. Shut up. Because Neil deGrasse Tyson said, it's not about the content that you remember forever. Like you learn it for a school year and you could forget it and never use it again. Mm-hmm. But it's what you put your brain through and learning it. Yep. Like the, the, the act and exercise of learning for your brain is not just to retain information, but it's like using your brain. For the health of your brain. For the health of your brain. And the health of the collective brain. Right. Like For all of our brain's sakes. Like, I don't care if like a handful of adults, like, yeah, I did calculus as a college freshman, never used it again, became a phys ed major. Yeah, but you know, your brain, it's like, how often in my day-to-day do I find myself on my back needing to push a good deal of weight up off my chest. Right. Never. And I would say most people don't. Nope. But a lot of people do bench press. Accurate. Why? Very good analogy, honey. To work the muscle. Work the muscle. Yeah. 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 I I just think, <laughs> you know, magic wand vision, compulsory yeah. teacher jury, duty. Jury duty for teachers. Yeah. I love that. Compulsory teacher duty. Love it. And like, also, you'll get paid. Whatever you'd get paid for jury duty to do it. Yeah. Do right? you get paid for jury duty? Yeah. Really? Or your work has to pay you. I mean, in a magic wand world. In a magic wand world. Like, yeah. this is funded through something. Right. Know, some I never of... get picked for jury duty, so I don't know. You don't like, want to. I know, but I still, sometimes I want to. I feel like it's my civic duty and I show up and I try to answer all the right questions. Well, it's and... funny. I saw another TikTok <laughs> where a guy said, why am I being called to be a juror? Like, someone committed a crime, but I'm supposed to tell you if he did it or not? (laughs) I don't know anything about the law. Why Mm. am I there? Like, Mm. why isn't jury duty a job? Someone goes to law school and decides, like, your job is you want to be a juror for three years. Yeah. And you go be a juror on cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why? Because that wouldn't be a jury of your peers. And if it's it's white collar crime? Mm, (laughs) Nope. Nope. I don't know. I just think that's a good idea. I, you know, I mean, especially like, you know, ugh, hear people talk about current events these days. And it's like, you're not my peer. I don't want you judging whether I'm guilty or not. You don't, 
<laughs> have the capacity to understand how things are at mm-hmm. work. Yeah. 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 It's tricky. Yeah. Um, one more thing about, I think we kind of brought it up earlier, handling management. Yeah. There's a, I think a level managing children, which is if you teach high school, you do because I don't care if they're 18, their brains are children. They're not done yet. Um, requires amount of practice, you know, and being savvy and being smooth almost. Like how do you balance these big person? I'm thinking of one particular 10th grade class I have where the meme could have just been for this one student. That's a cute lesson. It'd be a shame if my boyfriend just broke up with me before this lesson. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? How do you manage that? Yeah. Like the yep. one person is taking over mm-hmm. your thing and you got to handle it. Yep. And not handling it means that like you call administration, which sometimes is like, I need help. And sometimes it's like, you can't take care of this on your own. This is something you could manage. Yes. Yeah. Well, and so that's the thing, right? That I think that the the thing that teachers bring to the table as well, which is this energy around like, I know that arguably many of the people in this building are working above and beyond their mm. capacity. Right. Yeah. So I am not going to disperse my emotional and energetic labor to somebody else because I don't feel like it right now. Mm. You know, I I'm going to take responsibility for this and handle it the best that I can before I refer outside of the classroom because I have an emotional awareness of the level that everybody mm. in the building is working at. Right. So it's like a little bit of like, why would I, you know, why would I push this off on the school social worker when I, because two kids in my class are having a swearing contest mm-hmm. basically right. at one another. When I know that the school social worker and counselor has a full caseload of mm-hmm. kids that are really just struggling. So it's this consciousness of group impact and mm-hmm. consciousness of like, if I can contain this, handle this myself, I will. And I'm only going to go up the ladder or, you know, reach outside for assistance when I need to. And it's a conscious thought. Mm. It isn't just like, well, I don't feel like doing this. Somebody else can do it. If I just don't do it, someone else is going to have to do it. Right. And that goes into, like you said, conscious thought about knowing what is going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, not knowing the details about every single person's day, you know what I mean? But knowing that having a, your general awareness, finger on the pulse of what people's overall job responsibilities are, workloads are, tasks are. Yeah. You know, we have been in places where we've witnessed, like, do, do you not know what you're supposed to be doing right now? <laughs> Do you not know the? Do you need someone to stand over you and tell you the tasks you need to? I thought you had this. Didn't you read it? It was in your job description. Mm-mm. No, no. Yeah. Uh, one more thing about empathy is empathy for. I mean, also different life situations, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think even in you know when we taught in Bennington, Vermont, right? There was, yep. you know, in in Vermont they had tracking. In New York they. They say they don't. Allegedly don't. I mean, they don't, but they do (laughs) because... It's low-key, high-key tracking. It's low-key, high-key tracking. I get that they're trying to not have tracking. However... They're failing. 
I mean, it's like it's impossible because right. it's like, okay, this kid's classes are too big. And it's like, okay, you want to take two AP classes that then dictates like the, re- the, the rest of eight, your schedule. There are six yep. periods of the day. Yep. And, you know, someone, teacher at the last school was like, well, it's not tracking. We call it clumping. Like the teachers informally called it clumping because it's not official. But the same kids are taking kind of the, like these advanced level classes mm-hmm. wind up in the other type of classes, which are different than this teacher's previous periods classes. Like it doesn't, I mean, in Vermont, right? You say it's like, okay, there's honors level AP. I mean, really, and when it comes down to is it's a social socioeconomic clumping tracking. And that's not done by that, but like it is obvious Mm -hmm. you know when you see the different levels of class and that alone is worth like to look at a student that pisses you off every day yep and like do you know what their home life is like do you know what their day-to-day is like Mm -hmm. you know they're not excited about christmas break coming up yeah everyone else is to be home for two weeks this kid isn't right like so what's that like so like that's that could be like a and that's a year three thing like that's not your first year as a teacher you are keep my head above water you're in survival mode Mm -hmm. you only care about how much that kid is pissing you off Uh like and if like you're (laughs) lucky and really aware maybe you are you learn that and that kind of affects how you approach things but sometimes it's like god i just want to survive and get through this because this is hard and that the second year will be just a little bit easier yep um but i think that's also important that would be like wonderful not that the greater community doesn't really know like the levels that are the stratifications in within the community Mm -hmm. social economically but like yeah you maybe know but like do you have empathy for it if you don't see it every day and can put a human face to it well i mean and that's the thing it's like where do you see it every day right what other environment are you surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of people who are coming from different experiences, different paths, different households, different ways of being in the world. Like most offices are not that big. And if they are, you're not coming in contact with all of them. I mean, there were some years where I was seeing, huh, I don't even know if I could do the math like 200, 250 kids a day. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Like wow. a day. Is this when you taught in Massachusetts? Yeah. Right, because you're like an eight period kind of Eight day. periods. You are teaching eight times, whatever you are teaching, eight times That's, in a row. My God. Which like you think by the sixth time, you'd be like, I'm just going to get better each time I do it. The third time would have been your best time. After yeah. three... After three, you're like, did I already say that? After did I three, say that to you guys? After three, you're fatigued and you don't want to say these words anymore. Right. If you're lucky, fourth period, <laughs> so like, you have a uh, prep period. Do I want an extra prep and teach two different classes? Right. Or one prep with one class, but say the same thing all, all day? All day. These are the hard-hitting questions you got to think about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard, hard-hitting. Hard-hitting. And I would say that, you know, for better or worse, because I don't know if this is a thing that we necessarily want transferring out teachers have been conditioned to do more than they are paid to do. Oh, hundo hundo. They will show up 
for committees, for volunteering, for clubs, for sports. Uh, uh, yeah, coaches, you know, they. Yep. Get, I mean, they get paid in the high school level. Most of them do unless you volunteer. Barely. Barely. And I think it's, of, of course, warranted from the amount of time yeah. that you're spending. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not well, being paid a living wage for the amount of hours they're coaching. Oh, God, no. If you broke it no, down, no way. Don't break it down. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't break it down. You get a lump check. Or even and you're like, like, thank God I can pay my student loans with this. <laughs> and even like if you just want to go to watch your students play. Right. I always enjoyed that, especially in the fall, like seeing, like watching soccer games yep. and the football games. Like that was fun, but that was like time out of my evening that wasn't spent at home decompressing and staying away from the job Mm -hmm. it was time spent forming trying to form honest community and connections which was very important i enjoyed but it still was time out of you know the day that you could have been not you know home or doing anything else that you maybe wanted to do you know yeah and you know that's the perfect segue to time management yeah Mm. Uh, like yeah the lack of time management <laughs> in the world, I don't think that that will ever cease to amaze me. Yeah. I think that I will just be consistently astonished. Like, and, right? And it's because, like, when you have spent years teaching, this skill has been ingrained in yep. you. Yeah. Because the person it's going to hurt the most if you don't figure it out is right. yourself yeah, it's not like, in the long run. I did not manage my time, so this project for work went undone. Sorry, team. Sorry, team. You have to pick up the slide. Uh, I'm going to hand this over to you. You are effing your own self in the B. Literally. The cla- it's rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the classroom if you don't do that. Yeah. yeah. So the time management that you learn spending years as a teacher and concentrated time as a teacher, it's like... Teachers have excellent time management skills. They have even teachers who don't have excellent in the standard of teaching realm, like time management skills compared to civilians (laughs) (laughs) that are not, that are not out there teaching like head and shoulders above. Yeah. It's I do. And I have been appreciating the TikToks about like type A teachers and type B teachers. Yeah. Where the type A teacher is like, here are all my notes for my thing. They are color coded based on um, learning target uh-huh. and then outcome and then objective. And the type B teacher's like, well, here's my lesson plan that I wrote on this napkin sticky note last <laughs> night. That is going to be fine. We got this. Fine. We got this. It's be fine. <laughs> I mean, and it, it will be fine, particularly if that teacher is seasoned. Right. Like, oh, yeah. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a wide spectrum of how you can be an educator in a traditional classroom setting, for sure. And I would still say that the way that teachers manage time is, it, it is astonishing. It's, yeah. and, and equally astonishing in a different way, what's going on in the rest of the world with time management. Like, it's just stunning what's going on it's a superpower uh final thoughts i mean i think that we talked a bit about like the independent you know intrinsic motivation that teachers have and like likewise uh it 
they have skill in collaboration and teamwork as well. So, yeah. Well, this is just a big commercial for like, I, I, I hopefully yeah, this changes the whole narrative <laughs> where I mean, I've thought this for a long time where if someone, you know, if you're looking for like a job or whatever, it's like, Oh, like, can they do this thing? I'm like, if they were a teacher, mm-hmm. they could do anything. Yep. And I mean that literally. I'm not trying I to do too. blow hot smoke up someone's butt. Nope. But like literally because of the demand of the job, yep. they have so many skills mm-hmm. that supersede anything you will need to teach them yes. to do what you need. Yeah. I mean, if you're struggling to find people to fill roles at the business that you own. Seriously. I think your job ad just needs to say hiring former teachers. Hiring former teachers. Hiring former teachers. Love it. That's it. It's brilliant. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, one step closer in changing the social landscape of the United States. And creating a system of compulsory teacher duty. Teacher duty. (laughs) Join us next time when we break down week four in the NFL. Highlight sentence I never thought I'd say. Mm. We're getting the mutual victory take on sports ball football season. Yeah, love it. Thanks for everyone. This is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks again. <laughs> did you forget how to end our podcast? I did. How do I end it? Thanks uh, everyone. Thanks. This, Thank you. Good night. This is mutual victory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>